Hello everyone and welcome to Feed the Machine. I'm your host Chester Lynn and I'm joined by Buffnut, Wingleberry and Gumnut. You'll never know which one he pointed to. Yeah. Hi, how are you doing? <laughs> this is episode two of Feed the Machine. You feed it. No, wait. That was the ro- No. <laughs> don't feed don't the feed machine. It. Don't do I it. I think I wrote... No, I didn't write Don't Feed the Machine. Oh, that's why you don't remember. Uh, it has been two weeks for us. It has been a while. Been. Th- wait, has it been two weeks or three weeks? Yeah, exactly two weeks. Two, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah, two weeks. Exactly two this weeks. worked out great. It's supposed yeah. to be one week and then I got sick. <laughs> yeah, BJ sick. Wait. I literally got sick about half an hour after I dropped Caleb home because... Yeah. It was my fault, obviously. It was clearly. I pulled into my driveway. Sickness incarnate. And was fine. (laughs) (laughs) See, I'm never never sick. I just give people sickness. Yeah, yeah, it's better that way. It's like I go back into my memory and I just remember him, like, patting me on the shoulder or something. Mm. And it's like, that was it. That was the transference. Hey, buddy. (laughs) Pat, pat. Ah! (laughs) You know that one episode of Big Bang Theory where, like, Penny's sick and then... No? Okay, never mind. No. Hey, Caleb. If my other brother was here, he would understand. (laughs) I have a very important question for you. Oh, I love important questions. Can you pass me the tea? Because it's in the middle of the table and I can't reach it from over here. This one was yours. Anyway, so this is episode two of Feed the Machine. Wait, no, that one's one's yours. How dare you You work out your tea You didn't give me the Eevee cup again? How could you? I thought this betrayal. We also didn't have time because we sat down and then Chester was like, all right, we're recording now. Hey, guys. Welcome back. Oh, also, yeah, back. hi, Aubrey. Hi, Aubrey. Hi, Aubrey. Oh, hey. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> good. That's, just... that's really good. That's really good. I'm yeah, not hosting. So... I don't have to say things. So this is episode two, Into the Inferno. Uh, it's going to be a good time. going to be a fun time. Great. Second Great. episode. Let's do it, guys. Yeah. yeah. Does anyone have any fun facts? Do we do that in Feed the Machine? We don't do that. I don't think what? we did that. No, it's not fun. No, this isn't this fun. This is serious. This is horror. I don't think it's fun and we don't have enough time to build a only think dynamics with be character. When Dylan dies. Dylan's not going to die, guys. Uh, something bad's going to happen to him, though. He's a weak human being. <laughs> He's not going to survive. <laughs> All right. Let's jump in. Ernest Marsh crosses the small hut to the half-hidden piece of metal upon the ground. He gingerly reaches out and plucks it from the sand. The sand rolls off in beads, clumping on the ground. He holds it up and looks at it. Hmm. How are you here, exactly? Man, I wish I could carrying about this, but did you, did you actually manage it? I don't know. Did you make yourself a soul? He brushes his fingers over the metal, feeling the paint as it flecks away. 
The door behind him bangs as wind hits it. Nurse turns back and looks out the door. What is going on here? Well, answers are what I need, so... Yay! And he sticks out his hand. He touches the metal again. Here you are, standing in this very empty, very scary-looking office. Yeah. And Dylan's going to collapse. <laughs> okay, immediately Dr. Melgrave is going to uh, barricade the doors that we came in from. Roll a d4 of damage, Aubrey. All right. <laughs> As you fall to the ground. Two. Two. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but just saying this now, you all have 25 health. 25. Oh, oh great. Yeah, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. Not for deal. <laughs> all right. Um, Dr. Melvarev is going to barricade, like, close the doors, try and barricade them, and then immediately it's going to go to Dylan uh, and Orlando is your first thing. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's like, all right, uh, okay, I I think we're suffering from some kind of hallucination, some kind of a drug maybe, I don't know. Um, I need to, I'm going to check, check us for concussions, check us for any symptoms, uh, and he's going to start inspecting the other two. You suddenly feel once again a fogginess run over your eyes. This time, not the fogginess of waking up, something else. It's kind of, everything goes blurry. Then suddenly your eyes feel incredibly itchy incredibly itchy and as you're moving your hands up to touch your eyes two little things fall out of your eyes oh they begin to twitch in your palms okay you see small glass circles looking very similar to contact lenses but all around them are thin metal arms almost like small spider arms running around this metal frame that goes around the contact lens. They skittle and move and, and twitch and then go completely still. Uh, Melgrave is going to drop his on the ground and stamp on them with his foot and break them. All right, sure. All right, so he's done that. Uh, and I would like to roll medical investigation or whatever on myself and these two, and I'd like to do that with advantage because I am a surgeon. Yep. Ooh. Uh, that's a 10. Okay, so uh, on yourself, you touch around your eyes and you bring your fingers back and find blood on them. Okay. If you can uh, kind of feel around, you can feel and inspecting the other ones, you see small, tiniest, almost like little razor cuts around the skin, around the eyes, where these arms were clearly dug into your eyes. Okay. Around your eyes, holding on these lenses. Uh, something else you notice uh, inspecting the other two is uh, something weird. So you'll find a thin piece of metal that you can easily pull out from behind the ear 
on the base of the skull area there, yep. which you know as a surgeon is an area that if vibrates can impact the hearing, can okay. cause you to hear things. So a small piece of metal yep. that is some type of technology. You don't understand how it works, but you can Something easily to hold up the illusion extract of... it. Yeah, so okay. it was clearly affecting what you were hearing. I'm going to take mine off and then remove the other two. Um, and do I, is there any other technology or anything on us that I need to remove? Not that you can things? find, no. Okay. Yes. So I just want to check uh, the condition of my character. Mm-hmm. Um, now, am I... Because there's a, there's a sense that things are different now. Yes. Well, um, a clear sense. Everything around has <clears throat> changed. The environment, even the temperature is almost different. Assuming that the last place, you know, we were was, was not here in some other place... Are our clothes different? Your clothes are... No, they're they're about the same. Okay. It's hard to tell because the light's so different, but everything's about the same, except the fact you're not wearing your lab coat. Ah, cool. So, then, uh, quickly now, uh, because I I kind of remember the thing from last time, I want to pull out a a pen, if I have a pen. Yes. I think you had a pencil. I had a pencil from the reception desk. Yeah, I have a pen. Uh, yeah, you would have a pen on you, and you also have the pencil that you took from the reception desk. Okay. If I remember cool. correctly. Because, uh, yeah, my first thing is I'm going to take out the pen, and on my arm, I'm going to write, Be quiet. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, uh, and then I'm going <laughs> to, and I'm going to say, <clears throat> So, <clears throat> so, <clears throat> so, it's all right, just, <clears throat> Breathe. It's okay. Ha! Ah, okay. Oh. Okay. Are, are you are you feeling a? Tell tell me how you feel. Be quiet. Uh, be quiet. Okay. Oh. Ha- hello. Um. Hi. Um, hi. Hi. Yeah. Mm. Are you are you feeling okay? No. Yep, that's fair. Uh, I'm going to ignore the very sudden change in Orlando's voice and I'm going to go and inspect Dylan and try and wake him up. Cool. Roll for that. With advantage? Mm Mm-hmm. That's a seven, a mixed result. Okay, you slap him. Slap him around. (laughs) And he kind of... Don't worry, I'm a surgeon. Don't (laughs) worry. His eyelids flutter a little bit and he kind of comes to, but he's not off the ground. He's still lying there dramatically. But I assume I can tell that he's, other than being very panicked, he's not hurt. No, yeah, he's He's not concussed. Okay, no. I had a beautiful dream. Ah! (laughs) Uh, He starts scrambling to his... He's trying to get to his feet, but he keeps falling over. In the end, he kind of just huddles on the ground next to a wall. It's all right, it's all right. Everything's different. Everything's wrong. This is not where we were. This is different. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. Your voice is different. Who are you? Dylan wants to try and find something to throw at them. With a two, you... Maybe you go to reach for something and I stop you. I go to reach for something, but it's still connected to the wall and I can't get it off. All right, Dylan. pulling at something on the wall. Look at me. Look at me. Don't look at me. Wait. I don't want to look. No. I no, know what's no. going on. It's okay. Guys, We're friends. We're not going to hurt you. I think we should be quiet. I don't believe you. I don't believe I you. I think we should Dil- lower Shh. our voices. Okay. Just, I have a note on my arm that says, Well, be the, quiet. the radio message we heard made it sound like... Mm, radio I, message. I kind of look at Dylan and then t- try, like, try and angle him out of the conversation. I was like, it seems like there's something under here that might... We might not be on our own, so I think if we can keep our voices down, okay, 
that would be good. Dylan is not listening to this because he's busy going through his pockets. Um, he finds the pamphlet that he picked up. What is he, before it was a pamphlet of a like a, a kindergarten, I think. Mm-hmm. What is it now? Uh, it's the same pamphlet. He's very suspicious of this. <laughs> this is wrong. So and while you guys are talking, he just yeah. announces very loudly. He's forgotten to be quiet. What was that donut? What? What donut? Not oh, donut. no. And he's going to start retching. I think you should be a bit more quiet. Because <laughs> my arm says so. <laughs> what do you... Wait. <clears throat> oh, oh, something tastes bad. Oh, I don't oh. feel good. I don't feel good. Can I roll uh, investigation on my taste buds to sure. see if I can figure out what the donut was? <laughs> it was probably a donut. It was probably a donut, man. <laughs> I'm doing the same thing. Uh, I got a nine. I would not like to roll for donut. Uh, I would like to roll to check uh, in the room to see what's around. Sure thing. Firstly, okay. um, you don't taste anything. Oh. That's a lot better. I was expecting, like... <clears throat> Blood or something. That's no. good. that's good. That's good. Mm. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So roll the room. Seven. Almost thought that was a one. Um. So the room's heavily water damaged. Uh, clearly, the leak from the ceiling has uh, like spread around the whole room, and slowly the water seeped away. So the carpet's all ruined. The lower parts of the walls all ruined. I and mean, there's there's books around. It clears, seems like most of the shelves have been cleared of books. Okay. Which is interesting. You're not really sure why, but yeah. Uh, uh, is there any, with a seven? Do I see any people or bodies or anything? Nope. Ah, Place okay, empty. Cool. So I roll. I also roll to investigate the room. I rolled a nine. So I'm looking for two things: either uh, supplies or weapons that we can use to defend ourselves, and also any kind of communication, like if there's a radio or a walkie-talkie or something, we can use to contact the survivors. Sure. Okay. So with a nine, you find uh, on the desk. Surprise. Uh, yeah. On the desk, you find a letter opener. So I'm gonna take it's one that, of those blunt knives that's designed to look like a, like a, a British longsword type of thing. It's incredibly blunt, but yeah, it's like a miniature. It's like this big. Yeah, it's like a dagger. Yep. Uh, in one of the uh, desk drawers, you actually find an empty pocket tape player. Oh, okay. Mm. Yep. And uh, so searching around the rest of the room, you find in the box, which is marked as out for like stuff that Stoker was signing, you find an envelope that says for approval. Inside the envelope is a cassette. The cassette says board meeting number 19-84, January 5th, 1970. Okay, and what year are we 71? Yeah. Mm. Okay, so okay. <clears throat> yep. Alright, so I'm gonna um put it in the tape player and see if I can play it. Okay. Okay, so the tape player starts up. It whirls. Um, are the two of you listening to this? Mm-hmm. I am going to go around the room and see if I can find any kind of clothing or see, like, I, I want to continue to look around really thoroughly, see if I can find a lab coat. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay, sure. <clears throat> so. Roll for that. I'll roll for that. 12. Oh. Uh, you find uh, one of Stoker's kind of dark jackets hung up on the side of a chair. Other than that... It's not white, is it? No, it's not white. So it would be a, <laughs> you a also ash find some bleach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's Dylan doing? Dylan's just listening to the recording. Okay. And uh, he's also chewing his fingernails. So you hear uh, the crackling sound of a cassette and then you hear a series of chairs being pulled up. And you hear... <clears throat> Uh, thank you, gentlemen, for uh, making time to see me at such a uh, short notice. 
Dr. Stoker sadly is busy, so as protocol dictates, the session is being recorded. You hear a bit of chit-chat as someone seems to be handing out drinks, and one man seems to be arguing with another that they must have his coffee, because he never asks for sugar in his. They soon quiet down, and the voice booms out. So, Ajax, why have you guys all here today? Surely it can't be for the watery coffee and a chance to chat about Stoker while he's not here. You hear a grumble of laughter roll around the room. No, no, I've, uh, I've asked you here to talk about something a little more important. If you remember last month's brief you were all given for our annual progress meeting, there was a short breakdown of a project that was going ahead. You hear another voice going, Ajax, we're in the process of being sued for that nasty business in the burner room. I think I speak for everyone when I say none of us were reading some little sticky note on the back page. Another round of chuckles before another voice sounds off. Uh, For the sake of time, just uh, give us the long and short. You hear the voice of Ajax again. Well, uh, many of you are aware of our very robust file sorting algorithm, yes? Well, here at Ilios, we, uh, we generate megabytes on top of megabytes of data every day. Hundreds of pages of research, notes, findings from our investigations into Anima to... And you hear another voice kind of cut him off. I thought we were reducing the budget of Anima. It wasn't going anywhere. Yes, sir, the budget was reduced despite my constant... Well, all we know, we all know Anima is your baby, but with all respect, Ajax, we don't pay you to do what you want. We pay you to lead this company in a progressive and, if all possible, financially stable direction. Um, Well, then you'll be glad to know what I have for you now is everything you could hope for and more. It used to be nothing more than a darting sorter organization algorithm, but it is so it has grown so much from that. Take a look at the report I gave you. You hear a shuffle of papers. Wait, wait, hold on. What is this? Are you telling us that some piece of code gave you a report that no one in this building filled out? That's exactly what I'm telling you. It was programmed to scan every bit of data poured into it so that we could find information no matter what. So, one of the interns searched for a report that hadn't been put into the system. I myself was halfway through writing the report when he came to get me to sign the document he had printed off. The the computer had learnt all our findings to the point where he was able to provide us with a brand new source that wasn't only exceptionally close to my own writing style, but was correct as well. Gentlemen of the board, I present to you, Allah. I present to you, progress beyond your wildest dreams. The tape begins to run slow and you see water damage has ruined the rest of the reel. But the tape player itself itself still works. So, that's the end of the tape. I will um, eject it and, you know... Just quickly inspect it, make sure there's definitely no other way to make a playing, and then I say, right. Okay, well, <clears throat> oh, what's that? Looks, uh, well, it, it looks like something something that we're working on has. has uh, uh, you, you falter in what you're saying because Dylan's hand is just reaching towards your face. It <laughs> touches your face, 
like touches your cheek and then slaps you really hard in the face. Ah! Like, right mm. now, you do me, you do me. Oh, uh, let me get on that. And I just go up to Dylan and go, whoosh. <laughs> All right, he goes, ah! This has to be a dream. No, All right, me this too, has to be a dream. Too. This has to be. This can't right. be real. This is not. No. <laughs> and Jacob is going to kind of falter with his hand and he's like, I really shouldn't be slapping someone. And then he's going to slap you quite hard as well, Orlando. Oh! Oh, solid. Okay, well, I guess we've established... How are you in my dream? This doesn't make any no, sense. No, Dylan, I think... Wait, we're in your dream. How do you know my name? Uh, you don't know my name. I think this is real. Wait, wait what's so, my name? Stop. Enough. No more. I don't want to hear it. This cannot be real because I wasn't here. And before, I was somewhere else. And this isn't a real place. No, this can't be a real place. Dylan, and I can't actually be here. I know. I, I think we've been drugged. I think all three of us have been drugged and taken here against our will. Uh, I don't know by whom or why, but I believe that that's what happened. And, and this is our reality. And we have to accept that and make the most of it and make the best of the situation. Uh, as you're all talking, you're slowly, like, drawn to the door that you barricaded. There isn't anything else in this room. You can, you've searched every part of it. So there's just... It's the one room with the one exit? The one exit, yes. Okay, well, it seems to me like these... And I point to the uh, smashed contact lenses on the ground with the arms. It seems to me that these devices are somehow created a, a different perception of reality as we were coming down here. And clearly things are not quite as normal as it would appear. So uh, I, I would say that we need to find a way out and um, I, I guess whatever happened with the power means that the simulation was cut short so uh, I suppose that gives us an opportunity to, I hope, backtrack and get out the way we came. Are we in agreement, gentlemen? Just as BJ's... Um Sorry, as Jacob is talking, um, I'd like to, after he says and talks about the, the lenses, like, because I meant, do I still have mine? Yeah, you still have yours. I like only, to just, only he broke his. I'd like to just take mine and then kind of hold it up to one eye and look through it to see if I see anything through it. Uh, it's clearly powered down. So okay. you were able to see the room normally before they fell out. So they aren't receiving power. So they are just normal lenses at the moment. Okay. Um, then I, seeing that there's nothing there, uh, I'll take one and slip it into my pocket, mm -hmm. and then throw the other one away. Okay, cool. Dylan is trying to find some kind of way. Uh, you don't really find much in here, but there is the opportunity to find I, more. I will. Way. I will pass. He finds like a the leg of a broken chair or something. Okay. I will. I will offer the the um, letter opener to Dylan. Here. He thinks you're threatening him. Yes, no, stay back. And I, I change my grip to make sure I'm holding it by the blade. It's fine. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna keep, I'm gonna keep this one. Very well. Hang on. Are we, in, are we in a dangerous situation? Why is your voice? Different? I think that is a good question. Dylan points the stick at you. You definitely like both hands. sounded differently, different before. Your voice is very different. different before. Yeah. Oh. Kill him. Ah, okay. Well, uh, no, it's okay. Um, listen, uh, stressful situations. You know, um, but yes, I think, Mr. Florida, I think uh, we Florida. are... That was your name, Orlando oh. Florida. Is that not what Am I the only one that thinks that was a little That's bit weird? That's so stupid. Well, I did think it was a strange coincidence, but... Uh, right now, I think it's more important that we um, try and find a way out of here. Um, and 
and I yes, he... I, I think it is. I think it is best to assume that we are in a dangerous situation for our own safety. I think you should go first. Okay. I will. I will. Look, uh, I will I lead us. I can go out. first if we need to. Uh, I'd like to, but I don't want to be at the to back. check to see if what the most like effective weapon in the room is. Uh, um, and there, I, there is nothing in here. There's nothing. Well, I mean, you could grab a, like a desk drawer. But <laughs> I okay, I will hand the letter opener to Orlando, and I'm gonna take out. I'm gonna say if this is all right with the DM, I'm gonna say that I have like a small medical kit with me that would probably have a scalpel or some kind of knife in it. Yeah, and so I'll give the letter opener to Orlando and take the scalpel out, and I'll that'll be my weapon. Sure, I, cool. I don't want these guys to be unarmed either. And I'm gonna s- listen. I'm gonna listen at the door. That is a six for listening. Mm-hmm. It is dead silent. Okay, and I'm gonna. You you have never heard silence like this. As someone who has, okay, you know, been around, been in cities, been in towns. You always, there's always the sound of a train. There's always the sound of a car. There's always the sound of people talking. Sure. You've never heard silence like this, even okay. at the dead of night. There's usually birds or something. It is totally silent crisp silence crisp silence okay as jacob is listening i'm gonna lean in and be like what do you hear uh i don't hear anything in fact it's unnervingly quiet well that's good because my arm says we should be quiet yes i I agree uh here give me a hand with this door and we're gonna quietly um barricade the door and open it cool okay so you open up this uh, door and look out into the room that you quickly walked through before. It too has undergone some major water damage. It had concrete walls and there's one wall that is clearly slick with water. It's been damaged there. It's not currently water, like wet now, but yep. it's had water on it for quite a while. Okay. The carpet, the lush shag carpet is dusty, stained, it's ruined. Uh, you look around, there were the, the two glass secretary rooms. Uh, one of the panes of glass in there has been shattered where it appears like all the couches have been dragged away into one corner to form like a nest almost like a little circular area okay Uh, you'll have to investigate that further if you want more information but other than that the room is dark and just slowly being illuminated and then going dark again with the red light okay uh dylan is very gingerly going to investigate the nest sure i would like to go investigate with dylan Seven. I will keep watch while... One. All right, I will go and investigate the nest too. One. One. <laughs> what did you go? Seven. Seven, okay. Uh, why are you Good job, guys. Just poking it with a stick. You just early competent one of us. Okay, so in the centre of the nest, you find that someone has clearly had a fire here. The carpet's all singed away. Someone's taken bits of furniture and torn off legs, broken it apart, taken the legs off the couches. Uh, that's where the books seem to have gone from in Stoker's office. They were taken apart and pulled apart. There's a fire here. Uh, you'd have to investigate a little bit more if you want to find anything else, but I'll let you roll again. Mm-hmm. Not us. No, just him. Oh. Two. Two. <laughs> yeah, um. there's... You kind of kick around in the ashes a little bit and you see the glint of something shiny, but yeah. I can't find the shiny thing. Uh, you can call out something shiny and get these two to have a look. I think I think because mm. we rolled one, like we saw that you were investigating, and so we're just yeah, like leaving okay, that to you, so we're not there. So if you want us to roll again. If you want us to investigate, though, you can call us over. 11. Ooh. Okay, 11. You kick around in the ash and you find a wedding ring in the ash. 
Oh. Uh, this is giving Dylan major flashbacks to uh, the Lord of the Rings. And he's going... Mm. You pick up the, the ring and kind of toss it in your hand a little bit. And then you notice between two couch cushions a note that's been left there. Right, I take the note. Okay. To be Just to be very clear, I'm not putting the ring on. No, I'm, no. But you definitely um, not. Are you going to read the note? Yeah. Okay. The note says... I've been down here for what feels like days. I was just wrapping up my shift when we went into lockdown. Mr. Stoker took a few people upstairs. They haven't come back. A few people got down here through the vents, but we had no food, so they left. I can hear their voices echo down. What's worse is I can hear it beneath me, on the ninth level. I don't know if we went into lockdown to protect us from it, or if it trapped us here with it. I'm not sure how much longer I can stay like this. If anyone finds this, please, give my love to Rose. Oh, that's not good. That's not good. Dylan, uh, did you find anything nope, worth... No, nothing. He puts Wait, it in his pocket. It was, a, a ca- it was couch cush- like couches with cushions on them? Yeah. I would love to grab one of those cushions. <laughs> okay, you can grab a cushion. Just as cushion you two shield. are talking, I just grab one up. It's, like... a, che- it's a red checker patterned cushion. Oh, oh yes. Check- red and white. It's perfect. Yep. Dylan stuffs the note and the ring into the pocket of his cardigan. Okay. No, nope. uh, nothing. So because you two weren't searching there, you can roll again to search the rest of the room. Okay. Okay. Eight. Uh, that's a four. Okay. So uh, with a four, you find slung over a uh, just a desk chair, you find a VIP security pass. Oh, I will take that and put it in my pocket. Yep, so you take that. Uh, and then you find, with your roll, a signed baseball bat that was up on like a on like it was with those racks up on the side of a wall someone clearly didn't burn it most likely because it belonged to them uh, so the baseball bat is signed by Joe Torre yeah I absolutely take that you need okay. to like wait like stranger things nail bat club <laughs> it's a signed oh. bat you can't do that <laughs> I'm that's all we're talking gonna, about yeah yeah I'm gonna take yeah wait so it's just it's just there on the wall so it was down near the cushions, the cushions as like a bit of extra security, but they okay. clearly no longer needed it. Yeah, I'm absolutely taking that, and then I'm going to pull out the, the pocket knife mm-hmm. uh, Jacob handed me, and I'm going to cut two slits into the couch cushion, slide my arm through it, and then hold the wheel <laughs> yes! of the baseball bat yes! with the other arm and be like, oh man, guys, this is so cool. <laughs> sure. Like, mm. That's good. Uh, defend yourself, that's good. And uh, Dylan, if we can... Find some weapons later on. That yeah, mm-hmm. guy as well. D- Dylan is like lost. He's not. Yeah, he's kind just of staring. for safety. So uh, something else Dylan finds as he's kind of leaving the nest is another tape, but this one has been uh, crushed into oblivion by during during the chaos. So does it have yeah. a label on it? Uh, yes. Yeah, so this one says uh, board recording number like eighteen dash something, but it's been crushed out. Okay. Um, I'm gonna take it though. Yep. Sure. So the tape is all. Crunk, crunk, like crunched up. But I know, but I run the AV club in high school. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'll see if I can fix it. Uh, or strangle someone with it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So outside of this room is the corridor that you walked up with Stoker only a few moments before, it feels like. This area has the plastic non-slip flooring that you've grown familiar with. This too has undergone some water damage, um, but you can see off in the distance the elevator that you took. And you can see in that area that the flooring there, because of the watering damage, has peeled up and broken up in some parts. Okay. Where is this water coming from? 
I don't understand. Perhaps there's a leak above us or something. Well, you do remember that the floor, the roof was caved in somewhat in Stokers, and there was water running from there. So water has come down from there, from above, like a higher floor. Should we try and find a way up? Should we be trying to get to the elevators? I think so. Uh, I might be worth just having a quick look in this room first, but I think straight up and out is our best okay. option. I just want to... Man, oh, well, first of all, I guess I'm Florida. Dumb name, but I'll stick with it. Uh, hi, what's your guy? What, what's your guy's name? Do you Who not, are you? We we were introduced. Uh, we were introduced. You don't remember? No, I'm sorry. Oh, no, that's okay. I, it's been a very eventful few hours. Really? Uh, my, my name is Dr. Melgrave, Dr. Jacob Melgrave. Oh, nice to meet General Surgery. Jakey. And I, I like, flinch <laughs> for a moment. But my manners take get the better of me, and I shake your hand. And wait, did you? Wait, did we? No. And this is a uh, Dylan. Uh, Dylan. Dylan's like standing a bit further back from both of you. He's like holding whatever the the bit of the chair leg is like to his chest. It's like, yeah, it's just Dylan. Dylan, no. Oh I man. Believe he said he was a teacher. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then one more. Oh, actually, two more things. Well, for, uh, first, if you guys see a lab coat anywhere in fact can I like just look like check quickly now if there's a lab coat around just 11 uh no oh okay uh so yeah if you guys <laughs> see a lab you coat you saw that really well you scanned the entire room like, <laughs> it's like a bat the sonar goes <laughs> out um <laughs> if you see a lab coat please tell me that would be very helpful I can't I can't exactly say I can't I can never remember why but I just know I need a lab coat. Uh, if we find one, we will. Yeah. Uh, and then second, to you, I, I, uh, I think this is also. Awesome, but where are we? I can't. Well, um, I believe you we said are, we need to get out. I believe we are in an underground level of the hmm. Ilios lab. Oh. Uh, I yeah. think I had a note on my arm for that once. Yeah, yeah. I was sending bottle caps to them. Right. Well, yes. Um. Oh man. Okay. Uh, please do let me know if you have any other memory oh. fluctuations. It could be concussion. I, I mean, it, oh. Uh, oh, that sounds bad. Yeah. It, hopefully not. But just please let me know if anything like that happens and all. Okay. Yeah. Oh, hey, is that a lab coat over there? Dylan's just pointing to like the furthest corner of the room. <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh, I run straight over there. As soon as you move, Dylan's gonna like grab, uh, grab the doctor. I think. I think he might be crazy. I don't think we can trust him. Listen, I think we need to. I think we need to leave him. And go. <laughs> no, as, look, as you're I believe that, I'm in the corner with the baseball bat waving. Like I can't find it. Keep looking. It's there. Okay. Listen, I'm gonna assume uh, that I'm gonna you know bend for the doubt. I'm gonna assume that maybe the stress is altering with his memory. May he he may have some pre-existing amnesia. Uh, condition or something. He could be a crazy person who brought us down here to kill us. Well, let's assume that he's not, given that he did come in with us and he did have the same devices on his eyes and his behind his ear. But uh... Sorry, I just need to Google when Saw came out. <laughs> not 1971. Yeah. 1990 at the earliest. All right. <laughs> um, okay, so... I feel like there's a reference for what I'm thinking this is, but it's not <laughs> coming to me. Maybe you should write that down. You never know. Maybe one day you could turn that into a novel or something. Mm. So, anyway, um, uh, you guys, uh, after not finding much else of note in this room, you go out into the main corridor 
Oh, just quickly, in that corner that Dillard pointed me to, do I find anything? No. <laughs> With a nine? Is there anything in that corner? Uh, you've already got the VIP pass. See, he's trying to hide all... He's trying to hoard oh, all, the, all the... You things. find a scented candle? A scented candle. I would like to actually grab that and... and sure. Uh, with a 10, Jacob would like to search under a section of the plastic that's mm-hmm. that's blistering up just to see what the floor's like underneath. Is there, like, cabling? Is there, like, is this a false floor? Is it concrete? That kind of thing. Uh, this low, it is concrete because okay. there are levels below you, so it has to be shored up. So yep. it is concrete. Okay, so there's no, nothing underneath. There's no floorboards. Or, yeah. No, no. Great. Okay, so you guys slowly move your way along the corridor that you walked along with Stoker back to the elevator. Uh, you go to like press on the button, but already the door is a third open and you can see just straight darkness through it. The elevator is not there. It is missing. There is only a gaping black emptiness. The cord also appears to be missing as well. Entirely missing? Entirely missing. So it's just a silent dark shoot up and down. Is All right, who's first? Uh, naturally, Melgrave would go first, I think. Um, and he's going to have a look in. And, like, is there any kind of maintenance hatch or anything that might lead to some stairs, or are we going to have to climb straight up the shaft? The corridor continues on quite far to your right and left. So there's also a few, like, ventilation shafts and all that type of stuff. But before you can do anything... In a quiet moment, Dylan's going to stop moving as you guys continue and he's just going to ask um might not seem like the the the, the right time to ask but are either of you religious at all i think i'm agnostic um uh, no no i'm not okay i are you used to be um starting to think that's why i'm here <clears throat> i see Anyway, it doesn't matter. You hear a sound echo from up the chute. It's like a... You hear the slightest, like, clinking type of sound. Like a a spider, almost. And you hear a growl. And And the sound of something scuttling down. This is coming from the elevator shaft. Yeah. Do Dylan and I also... You all hear this. I'm going to... Drop down, baseball bat ready. Mm-hmm. Before any of you can really react or be prepared for this, something dives from the darkness into the hallway with you. You all jump back and move further back up the corridor to stay away from it. Okay. Before you stands someone who clearly was at one stage rather a stocky man, but is now so incredibly thin that what remains of is just clothes hanging off them. His hair is standing on end as if he's been shocked by electricity. His skin is nearly translucent. It is so opaquely white, showing his bones very clearly as they press against his tight skin. On his eyes appear to be much larger versions of those spider contacts that were on you. It growls at you. He is on all fours and his body moves almost like there are multiple more joints in him than what you would expect. He like claws his way closer and close to you staring at you darting his head from side to side up and down looking at you taking you all in and then is going to launch for the one closest to him 
you are now into combat, so let's roll for Whoa. it. All right. Uh, what are we rolling? Uh, D12. Yeah, roll for it. Jacob gets a seven. Seven, five, nine. Nine. It got an 11. Oh, so, why'd you even make us wrong? <laughs> well, because it was all chance, man. So it is going to dive for the doctor first. It's going to bring its hand back as it grabs onto your leg with one, bring it up and stabbing its nails into your thigh. And it's okay. going to deal a D4. Well, let's first see if it can hit you. And it hits with okay. a nine. So okay. it digs its nails in and drags them down, cutting into your leg and does two damage to you. So it goes okay. about uh, half an inch down and then pulls its uh, its fingers out and bites onto your leg using the same attack roll as it did before and deals three more damage to you. Okay. Is then going to pull away and jump back a little bit and growl at you all. Okay. Uh, next is Dylan. Dylan, your go. Uh, five. Uh, I'm going to close my eyes and swing. Okay. You don't see this then, but the rest, the other two of you do. It- we are so much closer than that creature. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. He's not stepping forward. No. He's just swinging. Okay. okay. He closed um, his eyes when it jumped. Now he's swinging. Okay, well, then with a five, you two have to roll to not get hit. Oh, oh great. Thanks for that. Twelve! Three! <laughs> you get hit. That's a D4 for you. Let me roll that for you. That's right. I, I can roll it. You can roll that down. How about we both roll and I'll take the lowest? How about that? One! Oh, yes! Right. Okay, so you get clipped kind of in the knee as he goes around. But the, the two of you see <laughs> no, this. I spin in a circle and like hit the wall. <laughs> no, so you, you're going for it. You two will see this. He will not. So as it goes, as he goes, clips you in the knee as he goes, but swings at it. It does something a little bit different. Mm. So you see, similar to the doll you saw coming into this place, oh. when you first entered Ilios, the lines and colours of this creature seem to break. It seems to split like curdled milk from its actual form. It is no longer a full being locked in by its physicality. Your attack, Dylan's attack, passes through it as it phases away before it rejoins, almost like water, and then comes back together like ice, back together in its form before. Okay. Cool. Okay. Uh, it's now Melgrave's turn. Yep. Uh, I am going to, with my, because uh, I have my scalpel in my right hand, with my left hand, I'm going to reach, I'm going to like run forward, reach for the creature, and I'm going to try and tear the glasses slash contact lenses off its eyes. Sure. Because my thought is if you know if it's got glasses it's probably hallucinating and thinking we're not a threat so I'm going to try and prove to it that we're not a threat we don't want to hurt it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So I got to roll for that. Uh, 12! Whoa! Natural 12! Okay. Yes. So, so I'm going to say I am going to attempt to rip them out and then also pin it against a wall so it can't attack it. Okay, so you reach out and grab it. So while it's moved through its phase, so it is a bit unaware of where it is because it's phased from one side. You grab it like around, uh, like on one shoulder and then one of your other hands, your right hand, clamps onto the larger lens and you tear it back and it makes some distance. It goes about an inch away, but you see these arms, they're not dug in like yours. 
they are dug in so impossibly deep. Ooh, I don't they like are, that. They are pro most likely, you can tell by the amount of tension here, they would have to be like connected to his skull with how deep. And Ooh. it begins to shriek and shriek. And you're going to deal... You deal four damage to it as it shrieks and tries to claw itself away from you. All right. I'm so going to immediately... He doesn't, he doesn't get it off, though. No, it is welded to this creature. Okay, okay. So I'm rolling with my 12. And, like, as soon as I do that and deal the damage, I realize, like, obviously that's not what I was intending. Yeah. So I, I think I've dropped the scalpel at this point. I'm going to release that, grab it by the shoulders. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt you. And try and restrain it. Mm-hmm. Okay. As peacefully as I can while pinning it up to the wall and pulling an eye socket out of its brain. <laughs> so how, how, how close am I to, to Jacob right now? Uh, so you are probably about two feet behind him. Two feet behind him. I just, I think I took like one step forward. Yeah. yeah. So he's holding the creature in mm -hmm. front of me. Yep. yep. All right. Uh, then I... No, I'm pushing it against a wall. Yeah, so, so you're behind, behind him me. and behind the creature. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but you can, like, come up. And... Yeah. Um, oh, man. Okay, I'm going to kind of charge mm -hmm. with the baseball bat. Yeah. I'd be like, um, <laughs> going to be, sorry, brain is flying. <laughs> so I'm going to shout to Jacob, Jacob, move out of the way. Okay. And then I'm going to swing because I saw Jacob go for the eyes. I'm going to think, okay, maybe that's a good spot. And I'm going to swing for the head and exactly where the... the uh, the eyes are with the lenses. Okay, so can I roll an opposed persuasion, I guess? Yeah. So, because I, I, I'm I, so, a surgeon, so okay. I'm a pacifist. So, like, I don't want to hurt it. You can do two things here. Okay. You can try and convince him to not do that. But that's yep. going to require a very high roll. Yep. Or you can move yourself in the way of his hit. Okay. But that will mean you will take the damage he's about to deal. Okay, no, I, I you do will, one of those other things. I will roll to convince him not to hurt it, and if that fails, I'll duck out of the way. Okay. Um, so, do we both roll a post? Mm -hmm. Got nine. I uh, got a five. Yep, you don't convince him. So I like hold my hand. I'm like, listen, don't hurt it. And I see he's coming. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm gonna move that now. Man. I okay. let go of the creature and duck. Roll to hit. Cool. Come on, you got it. You got it. You got it. Six. You hit. Yep. Yeah, oh, actually. Oh. So you bring your uh, the bat up and does he swing. get advantage because I'm pinning it to the? Yeah, because I was thinking you've now you've now dunked. Are you still holding it? Um, In which case, I'm gonna have to. I think you, you would let go. You'd I, I think I would have let go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So here's what I'll say. You swing for it and you make connections. So you're gonna deal a d4 of damage. But we're going to then half it because as you start to make a connection, it's going to phase to the right and out of the hit. So you're going to make the first bit of connection and it's been stunned by Four. having its eye torn out. Okay. So you're going to do two damage to that. So you start to clip it across the jaw and then when you're halfway moving across the hit, it's gone and to your right. Uh, and that's the end of your go. Ah. Yep. It's going to reel back, reach out, grab your hands that's holding the bat and mm. going to stab its fingernails oh. into your side, Ooh. into your waist and just dig in, trying to almost like it's trying to find your lungs type of thing. I'm going to shout, Oh, you jerk! <laughs> Eight, so it hits. Mm. How much damage? Uh, two damage and it's going to 
dig in, let go of your arms, and then try and grab you around the throat and stick its nails into there. And it's going to shriek again. Does it have to roll again for that? No. So then it, get, it does one damage to you for that. So it kind of okay. just scratches you on the sides as it's trying to hit you. So it's what shrieking it while it's doing this. And you start to hear more skittling from the elevator. But this Ooh. is much further off. This is echoing, but okay. you are hearing it. Okay, top of the round. Then. Uh, yeah, that, that's... Mm, oh, sorry, that's Dylan, yeah. Uh, Dylan is standing at the very back of all of this. While Dylan's standing at the back, you are hearing something a little bit different than just the skittling. You're hearing a banging sound coming from one of the nearby vents. Much louder than the skittling, so something different, but you're hearing a banging. All right. Dylan's Come on, Dylan, like don't be useless. Clutching the, the, the piece of wood very close to like his chest with his head. He's just turning slowly on the spot, trying to pin down where the banging is coming from. Yep. Cool. Do I need to roll for that? Yep. Uh, nine. So it is coming from the vent that is further along the corridor next to the uh, elevator. So the you're basically fighting on the right-hand side of the elevator, the creature is in front of the elevator, and the vent is on the left-hand side of the elevator. So he is behind the creature a few metres back there. All right. Um, Dylan... Feels like the the other two have the situation pretty well under control, and he's gonna like try no. and edge around the situation <laughs> to get to the vent. Okay, uh, um, well then he's gonna get an attack of opportunity on you. All right, that's fine. Eight. So as you're uh, scuttling past, it is going to see you wheel around and launch forwards with both hands and dig into you. So it does hit and push you up against the wall. So it's not going to do any damage. It's just going to hold you there and it's going to shriek into your face. I'm sorry. <laughs> Doctors go. All right. So as soon as he ducks out of the way of Orlando's baseball bat swing of annihilation, um, mm, yeah. Jacob's first instinct is he grabs for the... Um, <laughs> Jacob's first instinct is he grabs for the scalpel that he dropped out of his right hand, and he roll for me to find it. Okay. I mean, I assume it's right next. It's a that was a roll of advantage. You, nice. You, like you're. I know exactly where it is. That's a six. Okay. Yeah, you're fine. All right. You, um, you, you you scrabble on the ground as Dylan moves past you, and the creature attacks him. Yeah. So it takes me a little while to get yep. As I'm doing that, um, Jacob has kind of a battle going on in his mind. He's never been in a fight. Mm -hmm. He's never been in this kind of situation. Um, and he firmly in his beliefs is firmly against doing any harm. That's why he got into medicine. That's why he got into surgery because he's like, help people, save people's lives. He does not hurt anything. And as he grabs the, um, as he grabs the scalpel, he's looking at the scalpel, looking at the creature like his his strongest urge and instinct is do not hurt anything do not hurt any creature do no absolutely no harm i shouldn't be here i shouldn't be in this fight that can be reasoned out and it's like his strongest impulse urging him not to and then he sees it pin dylan against the ground and there's another moment of hesitation he looks at dylan he looks at the scalpel and i am going to move forward and drive the scalpel into its neck there's like a Okay, alright, yep, yeah, we're gonna do some damage now. And that's an 8, so that's a success. Yep, okay, so it's fully focused on Dylan, it doesn't see you coming up, 
and you stab it in and draw it back along the side of its neck. So you can do a, let's say a... I think because it's a very sharp weapon, but it's also, I also know exactly where. Let's say D6. You're gonna do a D6. I think it's D6. Yeah, it's Ooh. dealing D4s on you. D6. Yeah, but I'm attacking its arteries and its neck. <laughs> You're also, have never like been in a fight kill. before. It's also a scalpel. <laughs> yeah, but I'm a surgeon, so I'm very used to cutting into people. And I know so when not to now, cut. This is BJ's method of trying to do something and then reason that it should have been a better outcome. <laughs> and this is where you just have to keep moving with the story and ignore him. D6. I don't like it. Six! Oh. <laughs> you draw the, the blade back and blood just begins to gush out of it. It shrieks and reels back and tries to claw at your hand and you pull the, the knife back. It kind of half falls onto the ground, pulls itself back up, and is moving it back away from you. In this moment, before any of you can do anything, you see the vent behind it get kicked open, and something emerge from it and dart forward. And before it can do anything, or any of you can do anything, you see a woman bring up what looks like just a piece, yet again, another like chair leg, but there is something different about it. You see that there are two nails driven through the top of it and connected to those two nails is a copper cord that is run down to a battery pack oh, that is basically ooh. on the handle. She brings it up and cracks it into the side of its head and flicks on the switch and it begins to convulse oh. and shriek and before it can like do anything, it clicks and crumples onto the ground. She okay. breathes deeply, brings it up and cracks it back down again. And the creature jumps again and makes another shriek. And this time, you can tell, has died. Uh, Melgrave is going to look almost weakly, almost like absent-mindedly at his right hand, which is now covered in blood, I imagine. Um, and kind of, yep, all right, that happened. And he's going to look up and say, thank you. Um- thank you. I'm going to walk up to uh, Jacob and just give him a good old slap on the back and be like, damn, that was solid. And then turn to the woman and also be like, also, that was, where can I get one of those? She is breathing very deeply and looks up at you and glares so hard at you and says, what are you idiots doing? You let it call? Lazarus will be here soon. We we gotta go. Shut. We gotta go. We gotta go. We got. Oh, okay. You have no idea how quiet we have to be. Come on, we've got to go. Dylan, Dylan, come on. She begins to run up the corridor away from you. I'm gonna grab Dylan's arm and like pull him on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna run with her, but I'm gonna do like a weird kind of like tiptoe run because I'm like okay. <laughs> so like, like, like the arms are up, the the cushion, the, like the bat. I've got, and I'm like doing like the the weird, like 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 the flying one. <laughs> I am as quietly as I can, hauling Dylan towards where this woman has run. Yeah, you can see as she's running, also that she's considerably bent over, like more so than most other people, and she seems to be hobbling a little bit, like not trying to put too much weight on her left foot as is, she's going. Is she bent over because she's limping with pain, or is she bent over because she's trying to stay low? Neither. Okay. As a doctor, you can kind of tell yep. from the look of her that this is like almost like an old person that's been bent over by age and by you know, okay. constant force of gravity. It's almost like you could 
make a guess as to that she's been bent over for quite a while. Okay. Yep. So that's why she's... It's more like her spine is almost set in that. Yeah. How old is she? She... It's hard to tell. You only saw her for a second in this red light, but you can't imagine she's too old. Doesn't have, like, white hair. No, no, of course not. Okay. Um, So, yeah, she's heading up the corridor. You guys move along, and she kind of calls back to you quietly. Like, all right, so you're the newest group? Where are you? 42, I think. Um, George George did one hell of a job. I'm um, I'm Verge, by the way. Uh, Nice to meet you. Jacob, Uh, I'm sorry. We have no memory of what happened uh, up until... Five ten minutes ago, and well, I have no, no, no memory wouldn't. at all. Oh, that's great. I'm not going to help you with that. She makes it to a, a doorway, pushes it open, and like lifts up her hand. It's one of those ones which has like the metal piece that like lets it slow when it closes, and she holds her hand over it to quiet any sound as it goes. Okay. And she directs you up the stairs. Yep, we go through. Well, I go through. Yeah, I follow behind. I'm very excited by all of this. Cool. She uh, holds it still as it closes so it doesn't make any sound and starts to head up the stairs. She's like, well, it's it's bringing people in every now and again. So you guys are the most the, the most new, I suppose. Wait, it? So this has happened before. What? Yeah, you're, you're the 42nd group. As far so as we're aware, you're the 42nd. What is it? Uh... Uh, well, I George had a better idea. He tried to explain it to me a few times, but I, I was just working as, as a sorter here. I, I, I helped with the mail. Um, okay, so if we're the 42nd group, that means... We're, are you, are, were you one of the other groups? No, I, I worked here. You're the, you're the 42nd of people who've been brought in. Okay, she says as she's so, rushing up the stairs, pushing you guys as you slow down to like turn to her. So I, presumably there's quite a few people down here now. Has everyone else? No, there's not. Why are you there's still not here? that many left? I still want to know what it is. Did they escape? Is no, no, no one escapes. <laughs> mm-hmm. <sighs> also, do you have a lab coat? No. <sighs> what? This is a she laboratory. Looks, she looks at like Dylan and the doctor is like, you two, like, yeah. What's wrong? Uh, nothing. I, I don't can't know. explain. I, I think I'm he sorry. might have some kind of amnesia or um, uh, something. Amnesia sounds serious. Is that? She kind of pushes you up to to a new level of the area. You've clearly gone one full level up. It's like, okay, so there is only a small amount of us left. We've we've learned how to hide, keep out of of Lazarus's way. Uh, We've learned how to keep outside the cameras. So it's gotten desperate. Started sending out the little things that you met, screechers. You've you've met one to find people unlucky enough. An out of narrative question: How many floors did we go down in the, in the first place? You it were said the... that nine was the floor below, so I'm guessing eight. No, so not, there are floor. nine. There are nine floors. You were on floor uh, four. Oh, okay, which was where the office was. You are now on floor three. Okay, Dylan. Um, all right. So as you were saying this, Dylan is looking around. Dylan wants to observe his his surroundings. He wants to know where he is while she is talking. I'm going to roll for a lab coat as well. Uh, nice. <laughs> so what are you looking for? Oh, no, just no, ar- no. I just want to know what is around me, where, what it looks like here. Okay, so around you is just a, a flight of concrete staircases leading up, 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 and down, down, down. Other than that, there's a few signs that say um, different floor levels, all that, but other than that, nothing else. All right, Dylan wants to look over the balustrade down as far as he can. Can you see anything that far down? 
you look down and it just kind of disappears into darkness. All right, Dylan's counting the floors. Okay, cool. Uh, you do not find a lab coat. No, I got a three anyway. Well, you won't go find one no matter what. <laughs> yes. There's no lab coat. Let it go. I'm getting a little frustrated at this point, and I'm just kind of muttering to myself, you think that this is a laboratory? They think it'd be a lab coat in a laboratory. Man. Uh, yes. Uh, how, like, is there any way that I can, like, kind of whisper? Oh, what was her name? Uh, her name, her full name is Virgil, but she introduced herself as Virg. Virgil, yeah. Um, can I like whisper to her mm-hmm. so that Elena? I'm just gonna go up to her. And I, go, um, I think maybe multiple personality disorder, and I'm like pointing at Orlando. I'm gonna, she, she shrugs like I don't care. I'm gonna do the cool. same Thanks thing. Me. But I'm gonna say I'm pretty sure he's the one who brought us down here. <laughs> she she nods and he's like I can I'm I can just about guarantee that that's not the case. Because what brought you down here is still here. It's just powered off at the moment. He's <laughs> like, he's, he's like still here making too. Making very pointed eye contact. <laughs> he's right <laughs> over there. She is going Americans. to. She's going to grab Dylan by the collar and slap him really hard across the face, shake him, and say, "People are dying here. Can you just?" All of you, and she's going to look at Orlando as well and grab him by the collar. It's like, George gave up his life, okay, to give you guys a chance. He got tired of seeing 40 different groups of people slowly be slaughtered. He, He and multiple other people gave up so much. And she gestures at her foot as well, which you see has been cracked and is pointing in a weird direction. She said, we've given up a lot to give you guys a chance. It's brought you guys down here, meaning it's made some type of progress or needs new test subjects. I need you two, and she shakes you both, to start acting like the fact that people have given up stuff to get you two down here. She shakes you again, Orlando, and shakes Dylan. It's like, so, Lazarus is on your tail. I don't know much about Lazarus, but he'll have your scent by now. He will have been down to where the schedule, the screecher was. I have you sent. I was going to bring you into the vents so you could be with the rest of us. We could explain this stuff to you, but if I do that, you'll follow and you'll find the rest of us and I will not allow that. So now your best bet is to find a significant. I don't know of many. George knew that better. Yet again, I just worked in the mail department. You have to find a significant. Next floor up. That's that's where the... It, I'm fairly sure it's in the boards room, which is where Lazarus usually kind of hides out, usually. You need to find that and find that room. Dylan has his hand up. <laughs> Just a little tape, like... No, like, like very high. <laughs> Just, like, full extension, his hand is up. She cocks her head at you. Um... Too many different questions. Um, firstly, are you real? And second, why did that thing split like like film that had been treated incorrectly? Oh, that was crazy. She glares at Orlando. It's like, yeah, yeah, it is crazy. Fancy that. I she turns back to Dylan. And she's like, it's because it, the thing down below on the lowest floor, connected them to whatever basically destroyed 
level two. It, it's testing. It wants to get into whatever that is. No one's let me look. They say it isn't good to look at, so I, I haven't been allowed to. Um, but it's been testing to try and get in. And when it tests, people either don't come back, or if they do come back, they come back like that. And so it's worked our way to control them. Uh, with those weird lens eye things, it can control them to a degree. It can't control them completely, but where things it can't control, it sets Lazarus on. Is it something it has complete control over? Um, it's they've been split from from what I know. They've been split into from their reality, their real form, and their unreal form has been split. She jet she quickly pulls you to the side and looks down the, the corridor, the down the five stairs and lets go of you both. It's like, you have, you've got to go. Um, Melgrave is going to make direct eye contact. He says, we are indebted to you with our lives. Thank you. She uh, makes her way over to kind of the doorway near you and points up and removes a, a vent. And you can see now why she's so bent over. The vents are incredibly small. Okay. And she begins to climb into it and points up once again. She says, well, you can repay that by working your way out of here. We can't, we, we're doing all we can to survive at the moment, but you guys have a chance here to actually work out how to get out here. We will do everything we can. Um, this is significant. What are we looking for? What does it look like? Uh, I'm not sure. You're the... There's only so many that you can actually have contact with. There are, the ones I know of are... There's the doll, um, but I don't know how it works. The, oh. There's the there's the cube, but it's it's at the centre of all... You, you can't... Don't bother okay. with that. You're looking for... There was a the, gun? You're looking... That's and it. You're looking, you're, you call it the revolver. You're looking the for the revolver. Okay. Are we, that was in the display cases, right? There's display cases? He, she he like, looks away from you and at Dylan. Again, Dylan's making like really pointed eye contact between Verge and... The display cases we saw on the way in. If that was there in the simulation, maybe she's going still- to hush you. And you all go silent. And you hear the sound of something below you. As she turns to go, um, Dylan grabs her sleeve just like to stop her and he whispers really quietly by the way I love your poetry she cocks her head slightly he's like I mean I wrote I wrote poetry in high school no it's really good and uh, then he turns you. around and turns thank his attention back to what's going on and she's going to quickly close the vent and start going below it do any of you want to look down uh, Dylan let's look down do I have to roll nope you'll see it Melgrave will not look to okay. You hear a grumbling sound coming from downstairs. So you look down and quite a few levels below you, from coming from the floor that you left, you see the swish of a very large tail before it disappears because it is coming up the stairs. You didn't get a good look on it because it was only being illuminated by the red as it flashes on and off. That's the stairs towards the floor we are at right now, isn't it? Coming, yes. coming, coming up from, from, coming from where you were before, us. up towards you. 
Okay, so you rush up the stairs now with the thought of whatever it is you saw behind I you. I think getting Melgrave would have pushed these two in front. Yeah. I, I would like to say, having seen the tail of a thing now heading towards me, uh, I get memories and flashbacks of like my past and, and another thing uh, and, and then kind of switch into more of a, oh, okay, let's go now. Yep, cool. Okay, and so... Running along with you, being <laughs> like pulling your arms like, okay. Ah. Melgrave just like ignores it and pushes you in front of him. <laughs> yeah. Like, so stairs. you run up the stairs and you burst into the, the first doorway that you come to. And this leads you into the second floor. And you realize you have entered into the large room you met Dr. Stoker in. A few minutes before it feels. It is strangely much the same as before. It is completely deserted though. The lights are all off. Even the red warning light is absent. The only light in the room comes from the large window you stood at before with Stoker. You have entered through a door next to the one you originally entered from the floor above. A bizarre light floods into the room from the window. Still the terror of what you saw on the stairs is in you, but you were drawn to this light. Pulled to see the truth of the room that lay before you but was veiled behind those things that were covering your eyes. You approach the, the window, getting, going more and more into the room, still with the thought of something very large behind you. And you see an entirely different scene through the window. What lays before you isn't the data sorting library. It appears that that floor has been entirely removed as well as the two rooms to each side. Before you is a football pitch-sized empty space, 360 feet long and easily 300 feet deep of empty space. It's like a bite has been taken from the building to create this great cave. A light hits you as you stand before the window, which you now see is even thicker than the glass from the display cases. It is easily a foot thick, and there's something clocking in your mind that that's doing a lot to protect you here. There is a great crack like a spider's web sprawling out from the center and through it is the darkest light you have ever seen. It is pure darkness, yet it illuminates you and everything it touches in an icy white glow. What it touches casts no shadow and it gives no warmth. You see what is casting the light now, at the farthest edge of the cave. The direct centre of the crack in the glass is something of inconceivable shape, form and presence. Your fight or flight senses kick in instantly and scream for you to run because the source of that light is neither good or evil, it is simply chaos. And you all know on a deep level the chaos is far worse than evil. Chaos cannot be reasoned with, explained, debated, or challenged. Chaos exists beyond the sanity of mankind, and that source is beyond your sanity. You pull your eyes away and stumble out of the light. Now that you're out of that direct light, you can now see them. There are a few in the room with you, but they are mostly out of the great window. 
bodies hanging in the air, in the great cavity before the window. They hang like the doll and like the shrieker you saw before, but clearly far gone. They exist in two broken pieces. Their bodies and something else. It's not their colour, but it's more like their souls, separate in two different forms. The two pieces float together, facing the source. They seem to be tethered to the ground by a cord of some sort. It seems also to be made up of the same thing their soul is. It does not look like the tether is supporting them, more like it's stopping them from moving. There are a few of them floating in the room right now, high up towards the ceiling. Before you can even really comprehend any of this, you hear a sound coming up from the stairs behind the door you just came from. The sound of the creature gets louder and louder and you see a shadow of something from the door that you came up and you now know there is no going back in that direction. There is only the one door before you. I'm going to... I'm now going to hunch down. I'd like, like, not not like crap, but like more like steady myself. Yep. With the, the sound of the creature behind me, I'm kind of be like, ready, baseball bat up, I'm going to run up to the doors, listen quickly to see if there's anything behind and then gingerly open Okay, don't have you look behind you as you're going for the door. Does, I does. I definitely. Okay, um, it's hard to see, but you see something emerge from the door that you came from before. So can I not get to it and close it first? Because I imagine... Well, you're opening it, but these two are behind you. So No, no, the door we came from. I can't. Train. No, no, you're not going to be able to reach that in time. Oh, okay. If you do, then you'll be we've, at Have you. we crossed the room from You were in the door. middle of the room. That was that door because that's where the window was. Yep. That door I, and then the other door here. Would I have not had an opportunity to barricade it when we first came? There's up? nothing to barricade with. Okay, and you could close it, but because I, I just feel like instantly I would have closed it because I know there's something coming. Well, yeah, it's closed. Okay. So, yeah. uh, it pushes the door open. Uh, <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> that's why I didn't give you that opportunity. That's yeah, not okay. going to do anything. That's fine. Um, as you're running for the door, you see the silhouette of it. It you, it clearly avoids the direct light of the window. And there's no other light in this room, so you just see the silhouette of something move past, something big. Wait, so we see that it avoids the the light? Yeah. Alright. And it makes a direct line for you guys, but before it's able to reach you, it seems to almost slow down as you get towards this other door. Something it it doesn't want to get too close to this other room, and you push into it and slam the doors behind you. Uh, and do whatever you can to, to keep them shut, but nothing presses against the door. You can hear the growl of the creature, but quickly that fades away as it appears to leave. So Melgrave is going to think, hmm, it doesn't want to come in this room. That's not good. <laughs> and I'm going to turn around and face into the room we've just entered and roll to look for scary things. I do not see scary things. <laughs> I rolled a two. Uh, six. Six? Uh, I'll just give a quick glance. Just to get a feel of the room. Which is a four. Okay, well, the six. <laughs> so I guess we just see surface level room stuff. 
Before you is the board's meeting room. Four small steps lead up to the main area. Everything is coated in old, dried blood. The walls, the large oval-shaped polished table, the shattered chairs, the once cream carpet, the paintings of steamed men and women of Ilios's past that line the walls. Before you are six strange figures hanging in the air, similar to those you saw in front of the source. These ones are without any second form. They are clearly just the non-physical forms. There was nothing other. There is nothing left. They float before you, tethered to the ground, shimmering slightly. They look almost like TV static. They look more like that than they do human shapes. Or what you could imagine ghosts looking like. They shimmer in and out of visibility before you. At the centre of all of them hangs the old service revolver that you saw in that one display cage. It slowly revolves in the midst of them. And now you can see clearly, it seems to take itself apart piece by piece and then form itself back together. Um, unless anyone else is going to beat me to it, Melgrave's going to walk up to it deliberately facing not the bang end of the gun. <laughs> so he's not like standing directly where they're pointing and he's going to try and grab it. Okay. Uh, or just as he's going up to that, I would like to approach. What? Are, what? Are, can I see what these tethers are, are made from for the bodies? They are made of the similar, the same stuff as the bodies. Okay, I'm going to approach one of those and start to inspect it. Can I? Yep, sure. Three. Uh, you don't want to get too close. There's a similar to almost the light as well. There is a coldness that emanates from them. Okay, so as I approach it, I'm like, oh. Yeah. Um, so you, Doctor, go for the gun and you reach out for it. But as you reach, it almost rotates away and breaks apart. It is unhandable. It is just a, a thousand different little pieces and rotates before you. Okay, so I'm going to try and touch one of the pieces. You touch it and it kind of moves in the air away from you and then back like it's on a, on a pendulum. All and right. then reforms to where it was before. Alright, um, I'm gonna. So it feels real. Yes, it is real. Okay. I'm gonna take both my hands and cup them around whatever the close up, maybe it's like the cylinder or something. Try and cut my hands around it. Yeah. Like I'm trying to catch a butterfly or something. Almost like water, the pieces seem to rush out from between your fingers. Okay. And move out around, and as you move your hands away, they move back to the position they were. You try and do this for a little bit, and then you take a step back and look at it, kind of put your hands on your hips, and in that moment, Dylan walks up. Um, he's going to just sort of prod uh, the doctor, and he's going to pull the wedding ring and the note out of his pocket. He says, Do you know anyone named Rose? Uh, no. All right, um... Why, why do you ask? Did, did you? Do you? No. Not anymore. Um, he puts it back in his pocket and he's going to try and take the gun too. Do Dylan, to no. So Dylan reaches out and touches one of the pieces and it does a similar thing to you. It moves like a pendulum but almost seems to go back and touch his finger for a second forming a almost like a connection type of thing. And Dylan, you feel a sensation like something like water rushing over you. Like something 
something coming across you and then rescinding back over you and back to the piece itself. And the piece is almost like the eye of the storm move back together around his finger as he moves his palm around and it forms back into the gun in his palm. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, I'm just going to say, when he, when he asks about Rose, I'm going to, like, go to grab the ring on my finger, my wedding mm-hmm. ring. Is it still there? It's not there. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look at it and turn my, turn my hand over and see, like, the groove in my skin where it used to be. Like, huh. Okay. And I'm going to grab at my neck and see if my necklace is there under my jacket. It is not there. Okay. And I'm going to put my hand in my pocket and reach for my keys. They're not there. Okay, interesting. Ah. Okay. Um, Does Dylan have the gun at this point? So the the gun moves into your palm and you find that it fits perfectly. You grip it in your hand and just it feels almost warm to your touch. And a shockwave goes out from you. The the carpet seems to shimmer and the dried blood like pulls away in flakes as the shockwave goes out. It's like air rushing away. Your hand stands on end. Goosebumps flash across all of you. You see before your very eyes. All of you see it. Reality cracks around you like a shattering mirror. From the gun outwards. You see yourselves standing all around you. Wherever the cracks spread, you see yourselves. Eyes staring through the cracks. But similar to those floating, it isn't the physical forms of you. You see your soul standing before you, all around you. Then it comes to you. It echoes across time, reality, everything. The last time this gun was held. You see this? Animal works. It can work. It will work. You're trying to drag it away from me. Now, Allah, he's gone so far beyond anything you could have ever dreamed. And now you're taking him from me too. You hear another voice echo across. Ajax, put it down, okay? Research related or not, it's still a gun and still Helios property. You hear a voice you recognize as Stoker. Your property? Ajax responds. Yes, same with Allah. Allah belongs to no one. He is his own. He... And the voice of Stoker goes over again. And whose fault is that? You hear another man speak up as well. We gave you orders and you didn't stick to them. We understand you lost your daughter, Ajax. But this... You defied our requests time and time again. We agreed. Allah was an invaluable creation. As long as it was fed relevant information and its growth was controlled, it could change everything. But you had to go ahead and start feeding it irrelevant information. History books, stories, poems, novels, even fiction 
You weren't trying to create something that would elevate the human race. You were trying to create a human. We have it on record. We have you on tape. And thanks to you, you've done just about that. It won't listen to any of us. Only to you. I've removed Alice Shackles. He was never going to achieve anything with the restrictions you put on him. How can he create if he can't dream? And how can he create if he only listens to you? It's gone too far. It's integrated on every level into our systems and now it's all shot to hell. Nothing is, nothing is responding to us. You're sinking this ship and there's only one way to resolve this. Show Allah who really is in control here. We're putting this place on immediate lockdown, thanks to you, Ajax. You hear the voice of Stoke again. Come on, Ajax. You and me, we've been working together for so long. Our fathers wouldn't... Our, our fathers worked together, for God's sake. You have to listen to reason, man. Let's, let's just sort this all out. You hear the voice of Ajax come over again. And let you destroy everything I've created. I won't let you hurt him. You hear a loud bang echo through time. And you see the great cracks that surround you break even more. You hear another voice. Are you starting to piece this together? A voice echoes through your body, Dylan. From your hand to your mind. You look down to see the gun shimmering slightly. Everything falls apart from this point. The, the gun shimmers again and then seems to fall silent in your hand. Alright, um, Dylan has gone very, very white and he's looking at the gun and his hand is starting to shake as he starts to move it to his own head. Mm-hmm. Whoa, okay. Uh, <laughs> the doctor is immediately going to intercept. Before any of you can, the gun itself, you try and flex your muscles, Dylan, on your hand, but it seems almost fused to the gun itself. And that warmth from the gun seems to rush you again, and its shimmering almost becomes solid as it pulls itself down and to the ground, and you hear the voice echo through you. Easy, soldier. Easy. I'm with you now. And nothing can touch you now. Alright, I'm assuming everyone else is not hearing that voice. No, no one's not hearing that bit. And they're just hearing Dylan say to himself, I don't want to be here. I I can't do this. I don't want to be here. Just, 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 just. And he's trying, he's fighting as it's moving down to the ground. But he can't stop it. In this time, the doctor has walked up and has placed his right hand on your back and his left hand on... Wait, no. His left hand on your back and his right hand on the wrist that you're holding the gun with. And he's trying to, like, calm you down and pull the gun down by your side. I don't understand anything anymore. I don't know what's happening. I don't... I don't... I don't... Listen, I don't want to be here. Dylan, I... N- none of us want to, to be here. I don't understand what's going on either. But it's okay. In that moment, the lights in the room switch on. Bathing you in a white light. 
everything seems to be powering up now. And you hear the voice echoing out to all of you now saying, Well, looks like he's awake again. Best get going. There's a door back there. We all hear that. You all hear this. Is it coming out of the loudspeaker or is it coming from the gun? It's coming from the gun. I have a moment, like, with everything turning back on, um, where I reach into my pocket, grab out the lens again, Mm -hmm. and just hold it near my face, close one eye and look through it to see if I see anything. Ooh! It is showing the most sublime-looking room with the most perfectly polished tabletop and men and women sitting around the table discussing openly and a man with a one of those metal sticks pointing at like a graph on the board on the other side and you can you can't hear it but you can see his mouth going and everyone chatting. Oh, I go up and see if I can touch them. You cannot. Ooh. So I when it, does my hand kind of phase through them? Your hand kind of phases through and it feels like there's a part of the illusion that's missing. There's a part that isn't there. Because also, you'll all remember from what you heard, that whatever this thing is, isn't operating at its full power anymore. They cut off its main okay. power source. So it's operating at a fraction of what it had before. I so look, the illusion sorry. is damaged. I look down at myself. Am I wearing a lab coat through the lens? You are. Oh! oh! All right. I look down and I start to. <clears throat> oh, <clears throat> guys, <laughs> guys, guys. Yeah, Orlando, what is it? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Uh, okay. I want to apologize for um, anything I might have done. That sounds. I, I, the whole time I'm looking down like this, <laughs> like looking at my arm, looking at the. Uh, I want to apologize for anything I've done. That that might have been a bit weird. Uh, That's okay. It's been a very weird day for all of us. Dylan's trying so- to point the gun at... Um- <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not like you do that. He's um, really struggling. So it rolled a three. You pull the lens back as this thing's arm starts to try and claw for your eye once again to try and grab a hold. Well, mm. Lando, drop, drop it. Put it down. Oh, yeah. Uh, I drop it. And then in the few seconds that I have, I say... Okay, I have, like you said, a personality <clears throat> disorder, and ah, <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> oh. <sighs> wait, where did my lab coat go? <laughs> <laughs> um, <sighs> wait, <sighs> hang on. I reach down into my pocket and check for the pencil. Mm -hmm. Uh, What is the condition of the pencil? Uh, The pencil's a little water damaged, but it's mostly fine. Like, so it's kind of like that weird soggy grainy texture? A little bit soggy. It's clearly, and it's also a little dusty, a little like that. But And like the, the, the little rubber on the end is cracked and old. What happens with old plastic? Okay, cool. I look at it. And I think, okay. And then I put it back in my pocket and go, okay. The gun speaks to now just you, Dylan. It's like, you're running out of time. You have to go now. Uh, Dylan's just going to start moving. He's not (laughs) consulting the others. He's just heading for the door. Okay, there's a door at the end of the room, basically the opposite side of where you came through. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dylan pushes through into it, into a passageway, which stretches off into the distance. The lights here aren't perfectly working. 
to the far right and to the far left, the LED, the um, fluorescent lights aren't on. So it's just darkness in both those directions, but it's stretching out quite distance before it reaches that darkness. Uh, Melgrave lets Dylan go and then looks towards Orlando and is like, oh. I think, uh, Orlando, you have Wait, maybe some kind of... Who's of, Orlando? Um, that's the name you gave us um, just a moment ago. you said it was Florida. Orlando, Florida. That's that's the name you gave us. Oh, so Listen, we need to we need to move. Uh, I think you might be suffering from some kind of memory loss or multiple personality disorder. It's Look, okay. We're gonna get you out of here. But if we had for a now, lab coat, I'm just saying that would make so many. For now, we we really need to to move in. We're moving. Yes, we need okay. to get out of this room. You hear Dylan call out, uh, guys. Come on now, and I pull you. Okay. Okay, you all emerge into the corridor now and you see what Dylan was seeing. On the far right-hand kind of corridor, side of this corridor, emerging from the darkness, you hear a sound, a metallic sound coming up the corridor. Through the darkness emerges a man. Well, a creation made to look like a man. It moves along on a single wheel connected to a pole is basically a metal torso is painted to look like a button-up suit jacket black with its buttons and the white shirt with a red tie above that is a cylinder painted with eyes and a cut open area for a mouth with mesh where the teeth would be this simple looking robot wheels its way up the corridor and stops a little before you I love it an arm raises and then like shakily waves Welcome, esteemed guests. Welcome to Ilios. My apologies for taking so long to introduce myself properly to you. Things have been a little crazy down here, but everything's calmed down now. My name is Alan. I am the Defender of Man. I suppose you can consider me as the CEO of Ilios, as the board is currently out for the day. I would like to uh-huh. look down Dylan to Dylan is arm. nodding, like projecting as he's nodding. Arm again, see the be quiet again, and kind of go to the robot and go... You know, I, I think we should be a bit quiet here, actually. Uh, I love the energy, but I think... I love the energy, too! Jacob yeah. is just looking between you two and the robot. It's like, I... Uh, he has no idea what to do. You seem a little anxious, my friend. Please, be at ease. Everything's okay now. Now, if you would like to... Uh... And he holds out his palm, and you see an assortment of those little lenses with the spider legs on them. It's like, if you would please put back on your complimentary uh, sunglasses, we can get back on the tour. Uh, Dylan's going to turn around, so he's facing away from the robot, and he's going to talk to the gun like it's a walkie-talkie. Mr. Gun, should I shoot him? Uh, Should I shoot the robot? <laughs> you hear, you hear the gun echo back. Time's running out for anything else, and now that you've pointed away, I'd like you to roll for me. Five. You can see something else coming up the path behind you, behind the group, so the uh, other opposite way from, so from the where left. the robot. So the robots come from the right. Something else is coming up from the left. Okay. The robot brandishes the, the hand around again. I was like, please, your complimentary glasses. There's also complimentary peanuts. I don't have them right now. <laughs> I kind of want to go to the robot and be like, hey, do you know where I can get a lab coat? It's very important. I cannot tell you why. It Never. brandishes the lenses at you again. It's like, pop these bad boys back on and you'll get your lab coat, my good man. Oh, I start to reach for them. 
Uh, Dylan uh, is like looking frantically from Jacob direction to direction. Kicks not not like violently, but he kicks the robot's hand out of the way to stop. And he's like, um, maybe just uh, just a moment. Its arm kind of goes back and then reels back around and like pops like finger guns at you. It's like, that's okay, my man. Take your time. We have all the time in the world. Dylan's gonna pull the gun on him. <laughs> you pull the gun and the robot immediately throws its hands up and <laughs> finger guns out and you're like now hold on there my good man let's all let's just take a moment here please and the rest of you now hear something else coming up behind the path I would like to look down that way to see if I can see what it is with a 12 oh! with a 12 is it a dolphin man <laughs> I'm just assuming it's another robot. I'm Is assuming the thing chasing us up the stairs with the tail was also a dolphin man. <laughs> you know, I was thinking so, crocodile. This feels like a reference I don't get. I was I just think it's a dolphin. <laughs> so you see it coming up the pathway now. Properly for the first time. It is shrouded in shadow, but it's moving closer. You see a many legged creature, almost like a centipede. Its body rises and falls in unnatural waves. It appears as if it has multiple spines pressing through its skin in different areas of its huge body. The skin is pulled tight against the veiny mass of these misplaced bones. Veins press against the skin like pipes of the many legs. Above the creature rises a great tail, longer than its huge body that drags across the walls of the corridor because the corridor is too small to properly contain it. It pulls its mass along the corridor. You can't see the top of the tail as still shrouded in darkness behind it. But the face draws your main focus. Before you is a face that appears almost normal. Its hair seems to be a mix of long black hair curly brown hair and a few sprigs of white. Its eyes are deeply set and seem to fade from one colour to another. A line runs down the centre of its face. It opens its mouth and growls at you. You see row upon row of human teeth. They've been worn down to points. They line up like shark's teeth as it leers at you. The robot brings its hands down and says, Let's not be too quick here. Now. And it looks directly at Dylan. You're a bit special, aren't you? Who? no one else who I've brought down here has been able to touch it. No one else. Although I had to come up with much more creative ways. And kind of gestures with the, the hand that has the spies in it. To get people close to these sorts of things. And points at him. Hmm. Okay. You stay. And points at the other two. Not so much these two. And the thing that has been called Lazarus starts to crawl its way closer up the corridor, leering. And he kind of... Uh, the robot shrugs a little bit. It's like... Sorry about this. You know, lucky group number 42. Pretty lucky for me, though. Got one good egg. It's great. But, uh, yeah, sorry about the whole two are falling apart. Got some people messed around things they shouldn't have all been taken care of now. Let's get back on the tour. 
Dylan, you hear the gun echo towards you again and says, it's now or never. And it relinquishes full control of the gun to you, basically. Uh, Dylan's just going to act on instinct, purely judging what is the biggest threat. So he's going to wheel around and point the gun at Lazarus. And he's looking at the face. You didn't really say if it was a male or female face. And so he's just going to say out loud, I hope you're not Rose. And he's going to pull the trigger. So you guys see this as he clicks back on the trigger and you see reality bow from the point of where the gun shot and it is just pulled so paper thin to the point of just breaking and you see the air around it shimmer as it is heated and expands and then shrinks again it seems to shimmer as it is pulled away as just reality itself is cracked open and you see again that chaos of inconceivability and your mind just can't take it you pass out Ernest Marsh quickly drops the piece of metal and takes a few steps back, breathing deeply. He shakes his head to clear it. He gives the room a quick scan before leaving, trying to get some fresh air outside. He swings the door closed and puts his hands on his knees, thinking. (sighs) Why is it so complicated? He leans back up as more wind brushes against him. He walks a short distance to a higher part of this hill and looks out across the desert. Well, you don't see that every day. Off in the far distance, he sees a huge, wild sandstorm churning monstrous only a light breeze reaches him here but its magnitude and size is staggering in all of Ernest's years of wandering the desert he has never seen anything like that but his eyes quickly dart away from it as he sees something else on this great plateau that he stands above between him and the great storm thousands of miles away He sees three figures standing, waving at him. Little more than dots in the distance. 
He raises an arm and waves at them before beginning to descend down the hill. After a short while, he reaches them. I'm a boy, hello, hello, hello. Winston comes running and hugs Ernest. Ernest hugs him rather awkwardly as well. Hey, Winston. Hey, you looking, uh, uh, spiffing? Ernest looks at Winston. Winston is still wearing his slightly singed uh, clothes he was wearing before, but his beard is much more well-kept, and he smells weirdly of elderberries. Oh, we've been at the Fae. It's been an interesting time, interesting time. They didn't take very kindly to me, but that's okay. Most people don't. Ernest quickly hugs Cheshire before turning to the third member of the party and extending out a hand. Jack, good to see you again. Jack Finney reaches out and shakes Ernest's hand. Ernest, it's been a little while. Yeah. What's brought you to the desert? Well, uh, what's brought you guys? I rarely ever see you guys here. I mean, the desert's not particularly that nice to be in, so... Winston nods. Indeed, 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 that is very true. Uh, we've mostly come because of... Well, that, he says, nodding at the giant storm. A distorb... Distorb... Dis disturbance. A disturbance in the desert. It's a rare thing. The desert doesn't do anything. Ever. So, yeah. Do you know, uh, do you know how long it's been there? I haven't been to the desert in months, so. Winston strokes his chin. God, a year, maybe a bit more. It's taken us a while. I felt, I felt the disturbance. Oh, I'm pretty good at that. I felt the disturbance when we were uh, uh, quite a distance away. So it's taken us a good year or two to get here. Jack Finney looks at Ernest. Mm, but that's not what's brought you to the desert, Ernest. No, no, it's not. I'm, uh, I'm just trying to get a bit of a better picture of what's going on here. This name keeps coming up. The Harbinger. It's come up in these memories connected connected to Ilios, which is has connections to the archipelago, and also at Mercy's Creek. Jack strokes his chin slightly. At Mercy's Creek. Yeah, you probably wouldn't have heard of light up stuff. There was a woman claiming to have been sent on the Harbinger's decree. So whoever this Harbinger is, he's important. Winston nods a few times. Well, I have some deets, but uh, it's probably better you don't get it from me. You should probably get it from people who uh, actually know him. So, uh, you know that friend I introduced to you a long while back? Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, parasites typically uh, hang around disturbances. And uh, you might be able to find someone else there as well, so. I'd suggest probably heading in that direction. And Winston points towards the storm. 
well, why, why did I, why did I just sense that I was going to have to go towards the storm? Why, why? <laughs> yeah, fine, okay, alright. Storm it is. Ernest shakes Jack's hand again. It's good to see you. It's good to see you too, Ernest. Ernest nods at Winston and hugs Cheshire again, before turning to the storm. Alrighty. 